Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is The Fascinating, Unpredictable Provision. Fascinating, Unpredictable Provision. The word fascinating in this context or in this discourse has the same meaning as confused. Fascinating and confusing. They have the same definition. The reason why I like the word fascinating is it doesn't provoke the same negative feelings that the word confusing has. Uh, let me give you a, a few illustrations. Um, I, I was driving down the road the other day, and as I was driving down the road, this car was in a gas station. It needed to come out from the gas station onto the road. And so they slammed the gas to come out from the gas station to get in front of me. But once they got in front of me, they took their foot off the gas and started going like five miles an hour. Now, I had to slow down to compensate because in their mind, I'm in, I'm over, and now I can just chill. I had to slam the, the brake, and so I said out loud, well, this is fascinating. <laughs> My family and I were at a, a restaurant a couple weeks ago. We showed up, five minutes went by, no waitress, no waiter. Ten minutes went by, no waitress, no waiter. Fifteen minutes, my seven-year-old almost flipped over the table. And I thought to myself, well, this is... Let me hear you. This is... This is fascinating. See, it leaves it undone. You don't go into a tailspin of emotions. This is fascinating. I, I, uh, I, I recently uh, experienced this, this, um, this, this moment in our services. We, uh, oh, before I get to that one, I got to tell you this one. My daughter, two weeks after, no, four weeks after we bought her a car, she backed into my car. The only thing worse than having to fix your car is having to fix two of your cars. I thought to myself, well, this is fascinating. People get healed at Celebration Church every single Sunday. I'm so thankful for it. It hasn't always been the case. It hasn't always been the case. Go ahead, put your hands together. Our church is 16 years old, and we've only been experiencing it for the last three years. We just had a tremendous breakthrough. And uh, a few weeks ago, actually it was a few months ago, this particular incident, uh, there were four people right here who had, uh, they were either deaf in both ears or just deaf in one. And the first person I prayed for was completely 100% healed. Second person, completely 100% healed in the name of Jesus. Third person, completely 100% healed. Fourth person, nothing. They didn't get healed. I already know in Romans chapter 2 verse 11 that God has no favorites. And so I walked out and said to myself, well, that was fascinating. It's a much better word than saying, what? God, I'm completely confused. It's fascinating. God's provision is fascinating. Now, in uh, Genesis, 
Uh, what's the verse? Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Um, oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Somebody help me. Genesis. Genesis 22.14. That's right. 22.14. It says that God, one of his names is Jehovah Jireh. Which means he is our provider. So he always provides. If you look back over your life. There's been high moments of excitement. There's been low moments of being consumed by fascination. (laughs) But God has always provided. But the way he does it and how he does it is so perplexing. I want to unpack a a, a portion of scripture. It's in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. Where Elijah stood in front of King Ahab. And he said, you are so evil. The people that you're leading is so evil that I'm commanding the skies to not release any water until I say so. He was walking in cadence with God. He knew the ways of God and God supported him. He backed him. The problem was, he himself was not getting any rain either. See, you can be in the perfect will of God and be completely confused at the very same time. There has to be something on the inside of you. There has to be the voice of the Holy Spirit that whispers to you, everything is going to be okay. It's always been okay and it will always be okay. Does anybody receive that? Put your hands together. There has to be that voice where you say to yourself, if I could go back in time, would I do anything different? In some cases, oh, yes, I would. But then there's other cases where you know in your heart that you did everything you knew to be right at the time and place in your season. Granted, you may be a lot more wise now, but in that moment of your life, you did everything that you knew to do that was right. And you're still in a season of confusion. Just remember that. Just because you're confused doesn't mean that you have missed God. And so they're they're standing, Elijah is standing there and he's saying, God, I said what you wanted me to say, but I myself now am hungry. And so the Lord says something very interesting. He, He uses the word hide. He says, go down to the brook that meets the river Jordan. And hide there. And I will send ravens to you with bread in one claw and meat in the other. And I will feed you. So you have bread, you have meat, and I will make sure that the river Jordan is full of water for you. See, God has a way of providing opportunities That your creativity and leadership cannot do. We got to get this in our head. 
that we, you and I, are limited to our charisma, our leadership, our intellect, and our connections. We're limited to that. But God is not limited. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, he says this, I know the things you do, and I have opened up a door for you. God can open up doors that you cannot open yourself. And so when you back up and you say, God, I don't know what to do. Just go ahead and say out loud, I need you to open up a door for me that I cannot open up myself. Are you with me? I need you to do it. And so he sent them and and he's sitting there and he's receiving these blessings. The the birds are literally dropping filet mignon into his hands. He's dropping Italian hot bread right into his hands. He's enjoying the delicacies, if you will. Human beings are addicted to delicacies. Um, I remember when I first started dating my wife, Allie. She's Canadian. She was born in Canada, raised in Canada. She came to the United States when she was 19. And I, I saw her and I, I saw her in church and I grabbed the tithing envelope right in the pew and I, I wrote a note on the back of it because that's what those things are for. <laughs> and I wrote a note on the back of it and I passed it to my friend and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. And thank God she said yes. But before she said yes, we went to a mall. And I'll never forget this. There was a place that sold cinnamon buns. And I said, have you ever had a cinnamon bun before? And she's like, of course I have. I said, but have you had it from that place right there? And she said, no, they don't have that store that you're talking about. I said, well, if you haven't had it from that store, you haven't had it at all. And so we went and bought it and I, there was one and we sat it between us. I gave her a fork and a knife. I had a fork and a knife and I said, get ready for your life to change. Your life is going to change so much. You might want to go ahead and acknowledge the moment by changing your name from this moment forward. And so she took a bite of the outside of the cinnamon bun. And I cut a piece of the outside of the cinnamon bun at the same time. And we partook together. I put it in my mouth. She put it in her mouth. And I was watching her eyes. Her eyes just went boom. I could tell that she was experiencing the manna from heaven that God had provided. And so she, and so then she, actually I went for the next bite and it was on the outside. I took this huge long cut of the outside of the cinnamon bun and I picked it up. I think I even baptized it in the icing that it came with. I took a bite. My mouth was full. I'm eating it. I'm enjoying it. I'm happy that she's enjoying it as well. All of a sudden she takes her fork, sticks it in the middle of the cinnamon Begins to cut around the center. My eyes are like this big. I can't say anything. My mouth is full. She sticks it. As soon as I swallow, I said, you can't do that. 
You can't do that. You just broke every single rule that Cinnabon, cinnamon, whatever it's called. Then you broke all the rules. You can't eat the middle first. How many people know that rule? You have to start on the outside, work your way inside, but we are addicted to the delicacies and oftentimes we don't even want to wait. So he was experiencing the delicacies of heaven while everybody else was experiencing a famine. About the time he was ready to brag about how the birds obey him. It's, you know, he's human just like you and I. And after you're successful in something, you can't help but to pop your shirt. And like, well, you know, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. You know, I mean, I, I understand nature. I understand how the beast thinks. Not everybody is like me. I, I, I'm gifted. Have you ever met somebody like that? Where they, they, they figure out something in life and all of a sudden they pop their shirt. I'm gifted. About the time he was really starting to get impressed with himself about how he could call in his jungle friends to come feed him and prepare a meal for him just before he wrote his first book on how to cause ravens to obey. Sometimes we forget who brought the ravens. Sometimes we forget the wind that the ravens fly on is directed by the sovereign God. Sometimes we begin to look at ourselves and we find ourselves impressed with ourselves. And we want to let other people know how awesome we are. You know, I only eat Italian bread and filet mignon. It's just, it's just how I roll. And you and I, when we hear people like that, we think to ourselves, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? How grateful you were when that first bird came. You knew it was from God. But now it's been a couple of years. Now you're kind of like, I'm just great with birds. All of a sudden, the birds stopped flying. And the Jordan River opened up its mouth and sucked in all the water. Now all of a sudden, it's gone. He's not writing the book now. He's not bragging now. The same way the Lord brought it, the same way the Lord stopped it. Sometimes we have a hard time embracing the fact that God stops blessings. What? Yeah. Sometimes God says, this season is over. It takes somebody with maturity to be able to recognize when a season is over. The the Bible says in Daniel chapter 2 verse 21 that he changes times and changes seasons. That season's over. Just when you're really loving summer, all of a sudden it gets cold. Well, in Texas, it's cold and hot, then cold and hot, then cold and hot. But he changes the seasons. See, sometimes you know a season has changed when people who used to celebrate you are now tolerating you. 
Don't cry about it. Just back up and say, I'll see you later. I love you. You got to go find somebody who will celebrate you. Some of us are so faithful, we would not quit a job regardless of how much we hate it. We will never quit the job. And so God allows for your quitting to take place without your request. Some people may call that fired. I, I call it God helping you move along. The season has changed. It's scary when the season changes because it's kind of like this. I don't want to chase this rabbit real long, but it's kind of like you're in a room in a hotel and you, you're, you're, enjoying the, you're enjoying room service, you're enjoying life. And then all of a sudden you have to leave the room and now you're in the hallway. And so you can't go back in the room and you're looking for the next opportunity and the next door to open, but there's no doors opening. So you're stuck in the hallway. You can't go back. You can't go forward. You can't go back where you were, but you don't know what the next door and opportunity is. And so you're in the hallway and you're stuck. Anybody ever been there before? Thank you. All seven of us said, yeah, I've been in the hallway before. And so here, Elijah's saying, God, what happened? And so he says, look, I want you to move. There's, there's a widow that's going to feed you, but you're going to have to travel a little while. I think he said, why do I got to go to that widow in Zarephath? There's widows around me. Why don't one of these widows and why, and why a widow? They don't have any money. Here's the thing. The, the blessings of God eventually expire. The way he blessed you 10 years ago is not the way he's blessing you now. The way he blessed you in 2019 is not the way he's blessing you in 2021. There's a little thing called COVID that came and messed everything up. But the way that he's going to bless you five years from now is not the way he's going to bless you now. I I can eat French fries as a meal. Is anybody here? You can have French fries as a meal. I, just give me a basket of French fries and I'm good. I don't need a hamburger. I don't, I don't need chicken wings. Just give me French fries. Anybody love French fries? Come on, let me hear you. You love them. You love them. Put your hands together if you love them. Come on, the French fry lovers. Have you ever walked away from those beloved French fries? For about an hour. And you come back to those french fries in there. And what once was a delicacy is now the most disgusting thing that you've ever seen. Somehow or another, they just like, they shrink and change colors. I don't know what's going on there. If you've never seen that, it's disgusting. See, the blessings of God expire and then they relocate. See, God will not keep you at the same place for very long. He's moving you. In John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said this, My father is always working, and so am I. He's always, the the season that you're in right now is preparing you for the season that's coming. God's not looking at you 
and saying, ooh, I hope you're enjoying this season because this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Exactly what you're doing right now for the rest of your life. Oh, no, no, no. Some major changes are going to happen. I have a friend of mine that worked for the railroad for 47 years. He said, well, nothing in his life changed. Oh, come on. Maybe his job didn't change, but everything else did. How do we know that? Because he was married. (laughs) That joke was much funnier in my head. (laughs) Then now it just got awkward. My son and I like to fish. And uh, he outfishes me every single time we fish. Every time. I can be using the same bait standing right next to him. We'll both cast two feet apart. And the bass will come up and smell my bait and know it's mine. And bite his over and over and over again, over and over again. This is a picture of a recent fish. Now he's, he's smiling, he's laughing. He's laughing at me. Honestly, he will catch four or five fish, six fish. He caught six fish one day. I didn't catch. I was going to get a net and scoop up a tadpole. I, I caught nothing. But the other day, the Lord smiled upon me. And I, I, we, as soon as we got out there, he went one direction around the pond. I went the other direction. And I cast, bang, I caught a bass. I sent it out again. Bang, I caught a bass. And I'll tell you, if you've ever fished with somebody and you hear splashing, it makes you mad. It's like you're, you're happy for them, but you're not. You're like, oh, good one. That's a, ooh, that's a nice one. <laughs> Bang, I caught a third one. Bang, a fourth one. Bang, a fifth one. Right in the same spot. You know who came over to my spot, right? What's going on out here? We left. I caught five. He caught one. I was like, God, thank you so much. (laughs) The next time we went fishing at that very same pond, guess where I went? Right where my footprint was the last time. Not one fish. I promise if I had goggles, I would have looked under there. There would have been no fish. They were not in the spot that I left them. They relocated. I don't like it when they relocate because now I got to go work around the pond again to find out where they're at. Is that not life? Is that not life? Say yes. There is provision. There is bass. We just got to recognize that that it relocates. And so here, Elijah went to Zarephath and he meets this widow. And and the widow looks to him and says, how can I help you? And he says, the Lord sent me to you to feed me. And she says, I don't have enough food for the three of us. In fact... I have enough food to make one meal for myself and my son. And then after that, we're going to die. And Elijah said, feed me first. The Lord said, feed me first. It's one thing to say, God, my life is a living sacrifice. I'll do anything for you. I submit to you, you will never know if you're truly submitted to God until he asks for something that is inconvenient. You'll never know. 
You will never know until you feel a compelling from God to do something that you don't want to do. And now there's a collision between what you want to do and what you know God wants to do. And so she says, okay, I'll do it. Never underestimate how powerful that little word is. Okay. She probably cried the entire time she was cooking that meal. Sometimes you have to cry through obedience. Understanding can wait. Obedience cannot. When God puts something on your heart, let me challenge you if you don't hear anything else today. You know the voice of God. You know the voice of God. The Bible says that he has written his laws on your mind and placed them in your heart. You may have a massive prayer request and all of a sudden God asks you to do something that seemingly has nothing to do with that prayer request. But to God, it does. Because your obedience to God affects everything else in your life. All of a sudden she fed Elijah. Elijah's recognized that sometimes the provision of God is here for a season and then it's here for a season. And sometimes it comes from a raven and sometimes it comes from a widow. How many of us have lived with God long enough to realize that his provision is always there? We just don't know how and why and through whom. We know God blesses us, but none of us have ever received a check signed Jehovah Jireh. Are you with me? Say yes. We've never. It comes through a person. It comes through an opportunity. It comes through a creative thought. His provision is always there. And what happened to the widow? Well, many of you know the end of the story. She never ran out, ran out of food again for the rest of her life. Understanding can wait obedience cannot. Can you put your hands together for his goodness? Come on. He's good. In a moment, we're going to play a video of somebody who was recently healed here. But before I do, I want to say this. At the conclusion of this service, I, 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 I saw it in my imagination. It's not like a vision, like I'm looking at you right now. I just, like it, in my imagination while I was praying. I saw the end of this service. And I, I saw the Lord doing things that's, that included healing, but also touching people whose primary need is not healing. But before we do that, I, I want to share a, a testimony with you. And while this testimony is going on, I want you to be thinking about what you want God to do for you, not tomorrow, 
right now. Right now. If you've heard me speak for at least 20 times, you've heard me talk about how I have fought in depression. Some of you know exactly what that's like. Brandon talked about it earlier. Some of you know what anxiety feels like. It's paralyzing. So it's not a physical need you need. It's not physical. It's deeper than you can explain. Did you hear me say that? It's deeper than you can explain. And so the Lord's going to do something very special. And so if there's anyone who has their cell phone out, please put it away. If there's any babies talking, those precious little ones, take them outside. But what I want you to be thinking about is what do you want God to do right now? Some of you in this room, when you have financial pressure, you're never not thinking about it. How do I know that? (laughs) Because I have carried that. It's called being human. It's not a lack of faith. It's called being human. Especially if you're providing for more than just yourself, you're feeling pressure. If you have to go through this season, at least, Father, give me peace. Give me peace so I can sleep at night. So I want you to think about what you want. Because you did not come to church today to hear a message. If you're a visitor here, maybe you got dragged here and they promised you lunch. I get it. But you came to church with the hope and the expectation that there really is a God. And he really does get involved. And let the testimony that you're about to see spark your faith because Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says he has no favorites and so you you may have a different need a different miracle but the same will happen today after the video as impossible as you may think it is so I want you to get it in your head right now by the way I don't know which video, what testimonies are going to take place. I know this one because I saw it in the first service. But during the first service, I didn't know what video was going to go up. So many people email the church to tell us their healings. I don't know which one of those healings and miracles the team is going to pick. But if you get healed at Celebration Church and you don't tell us about it, You are holding back the glory of God. You're not giving God the glory that he deserves. The more glory you give him, the more of his glory you will see. 
So I want you to uh, take a look at this. I say that because at the end of this service, many of you are going to be healed and you're going to owe us an email. And you can email us off of your cell phone, off the Celebration Church app. Take a look at this. So, um, So I started coming to Celebration about a year ago because I heard about healing. And I've been struggling with this issue with my esophagus or my throat where sometimes I choke when I eat and it feels like my throat's closing. And I don't know if it's a food allergy or what it is and I need that fixed. There was there was a couple of times when I was with my daughters that I choked and they thought I was gonna die. Like we had to call an ambulance once and I, I was driving once and I ate like a biscuit and it was not going down and I couldn't drink it. The tea was sitting on top of it and it was really scary. There's been a lot of episodes like that and the girl, my daughters are kind of freaked out to eat with me. They always make sure I have enough water or something to make the food go down. And so this Sunday, Pastor Frankie had a word of knowledge and he said, is there somebody here that's having trouble with their throat? Is it, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's glands, but there's something going on right here. And before I could even think, I was already down front and I'm like, it's my day. Like I'm getting healed today. It was powerful. So I was just, I was feeling very emotional and I could just, I was just like very raw and I was kind of trembling and and then uh, Pastor Frankie prayed with me and he just said, just just stand there, just receive it. Just just let the Lord work. And it was really, really powerful. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of just like, like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And so um, later that day, I went for a run with my daughter and we went and got uh, chicken. And so that's, that's a scary thing, right? Chicken, I have, I have like PTSD around chicken. And so... Um, I just, we, we went and we ate and she was concerned. She's like, dad, do you have enough to drink? Are you okay? Are you gonna be okay? I said, yeah, honey, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's good. Like I'm healed. I'm good. And I ate and ate normally and drank normally. It wasn't, there was no drama. It was just like everything went down. And I, I actually tried to eat without drinking and it worked. Like for the first time I actually had a meal and I wasn't scared about dying. And so I'm just really thankful uh, for this church and for what God's doing here. I've been telling everyone since then, you know, like this happened. You have to come to this church because healing happens here. It happened to me. I've seen it happen, but now it happened to me. And so, you know, I'm just really thankful and and blessed. So thanks. Uh, For those of you that would like to to watch more testimonies we're in the process of of getting our backlog i mean it's been three years of testimonies we're trying to get as many as we can onto our youtube channel um and so you can just get on our youtube channel and just watch one after the next after the next after the next and um if you want to share one with your friend you know you know how to do that Let me um, take a minute to, to help the new people in the room to recognize what the Spirit of God feels like. And then we're going to give them an opportunity to move. First of all, the Spirit of God, when you feel it, you know it. There's no guessing. You know it. It's like feeling the wind. Was that the wind? You know it. 
some, I've been to churches before and they're like, man, if we would have just lingered just a little bit longer, I believe we would have felt the pre- God. You can't miss the presence of God. You can't miss it. You know it. When it happens, you know it. You can't make it happen. But when you feel it, you know it. These are how I've personally, other people have different testimonies. This is how I've personally, sometimes I know it because all of a sudden, in a moment, I start getting really emotional. I can feel that my, my throat get choked up. That's, that's one sign. When you're not emotional and then all of a sudden you're emotional. It's the Spirit of God coming on a human being and the human being responds. And some people will feel that today and that might be completely different from your personality. But all of a sudden they get emotional. There was a guy in the, in the Bible, his name was Job. And he said in chapter 4, verse 15, he said, I felt the Spirit of the Lord graze past my face and the hair on my body stood up on end. Some of you have felt that before. Where all of a sudden you just feel this like chill, it's like a, a like chill bumps for lack of a, of a better adjective. Just a here recently, this is very new for me. I've heard about this happening for people and I have friends that this has happened, but it's very new for me. I'll feel like pins and needles in my hands. Not aggressively, like my hands fell asleep. It's not aggressive like that. It's, it's faint. I have a friend of mine, he felt it on his head. It was like pins and needles, just like on his head. If you're new here and you're like, what are you talking about? We're talking about the creator of the universe that holds the planets in place, the one who set the sun on fire with his fingertip. And all of a sudden he's touching a human being. You better believe that that human being is going to have a a response. Sometimes all of a sudden you get hot and sometimes all of a sudden you get cold. This is the one I want you to be aware of because I believe this is going to be a dominant manifestation this morning. The woman with the issue of blood, she would bleed. I don't want to get too graphic. Uncontrollably for 12 years and the Bible says that she spent all of her money trying to be cured she ran towards Jesus which is very unusual because in the Bible Jesus would walk up to people and in her case she didn't wait for Jesus to walk up to her she walked up to him and when she touched him The Bible says that she felt virtue move through her body. 
I've seen this firsthand. I've seen this where somebody all of a sudden, several times, they feel it going through their body. It's like something is coming in and something is leaving at the same exact time. And you can't miss it. And some of you that have fought in depression or anxiety or cancer, gallbladder, infections, you'll feel that. How do I know? I've already been in this moment with the Lord this week. To help you build your faith, not to talk about me. I spent five hours in prayer on Tuesday. I've already seen this moment. So this is what I want you to do. When I say stand up, I want you to head up, eyes on Jesus, and just stand up and receive it. And as soon as you stand up, you'll feel it. What will you feel? I don't know. You'll feel something. You'll know it's him. Do not ask him to touch you again. To prove that it's really him. The minute you stand up. I feel it on both sides of my face right now. The minute you stand up. If you feel the spirit of the Lord touch you. Come out of your seat. Come down to the altar. The anointing in a sanctuary is like a a wedge that holds a door open. It goes down. If this sanctuary was 50 yards, it'd be stronger up here than it would be in the back of the room. It'd be stronger in the back of the room than it would be in the restrooms. I want you to come down to the altar to experience more of what you just felt. With your eyes closed, I'll tell you when to stand up. Spirit, move in this room. Now, stand up. Don't think about it. Come out as fast as you can. You got to respond quickly, quickly, quickly. Come down as quickly as you can. At the softest touch. Don't stand in the aisles. Come as close as you can. He 
he's still moving, he's still moving. Some of you that haven't felt it, you're about to feel it again. Eyes on him. He's still moving at the softest touch. Move quickly at the softest touch. Move quickly, 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 like with urgency. Now, Holy Spirit, like a waterfall, like a waterfall, touch the top of their head and wash out every single spirit of depression, every spirit of anxiety, every spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, you stronghold. In the name of Jesus, drop out of them right now, right through the floor, right through the floor, right now. In the name of Jesus, move, move, move. In the name of Jesus, be free in the name of Jesus Christ right now, now, now. Now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, like only you can. Now, he's moving. Drop right out of the stomach right now. Drop right out. Drop. Drop right out. The tormenting spirit in the mind. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Leave this room in the name of Jesus right now. Come out of their mind right now in the name of Jesus. Leave in Jesus' name right now. Go. If he's touching you, if you know he's touching you, come out of your, get down here, get down here. Don't stand in your seat. Please get down here. Some of you, you, what you want most is you just want the intimacy level to go to another place. There's someone in this section right here, more than anything else, you want to feel called by God. You want to be a man of God. You want to be a man of God more than anything else. Raise your hands. Raise your hands over here. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. As soon as you feel the softest touch, come out of your seat in the name of Jesus right now. From 
this day forward, many of you are going to have visions like you've never, you've never had visions, you're going to have visions. You've never had dreams, you're going to have dreams. If you're in this room and you feel like you're left out, You're not left out. This is your moment. Get it in your head what you need. The woman with the issue of blood was not touched. She she was the one who touched. She didn't receive a touching. She went to him. Now, you've already left your house. Come out of your seat. Come down here. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Be aggressive. This is a sweet movement. Even if you have no emotion to support your desire, move. Get as close as you can. Please, nobody in the aisles. Come as close as you can. Raise your hands in this room. The woman with the issue of blood, it was a cognitive decision. I need you, God. If that's you in this room, if you're a musician in this room, you're, you're not, you're, you have the rest of the day off. So just come down here and raise your hand and say, I need you. I can tell in my heart that my assignment for this morning is over. I'm going to step off the stage. There's no official dismissal. You leave when you get ready, but spend time in his presence. And I, I would suggest that you just whisper more, more, more. And let him minister to you. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you want to stand, stand. As soon as you know that your moment with him is over, if you're a parent, then you go get your kids real quickly. Do your work, Lord. Do your work. I'm expecting to receive a lot of emails this week of what the Lord has done for you.